Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to episode 19 of Another Woodshop Podcast, where you have three experts in our own opinion. <laughs> three experts? In our own opinion. Oh, yeah. oh, oh okay. Yeah, My mom's I'm, I'm really good. Yeah. Oh. I know everything there is to know about what I want to know, and we'll tell you guys. And I'm making no sense. <laughs> that makes no sense. Well, hashtag stroke. Hashtag stroke. <laughs> How are you boys doing? I am so glad Dan's here. We almost didn't have Dan. That yes. was scary. We Dan almost tell him quit. What our plan was we negotiated a contract. It's all <laughs> yeah. fine. Dan almost I'm finally locked. getting what I deserve. <laughs> yes, he's getting exactly what we're getting. Zero, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what he deserves. <laughs> he still doesn't know what Patreon is, and the longer he does it, the better. <laughs> what um, do we want? What's that? What's do we want to say what you know was possibly going to happen with Dan? Go I for think it. We should go for it. Dan was on vacation, oh, and yes, yes. we almost didn't have a Dan in this episode. Yeah. And we set up, and pre- Dan was gracious enough to pre-record a bunch of sound bites. And me and Pete <laughs> were going to try to make it go as long as possible to make it sound like Dan was actually on the show with us. <laughs> and these were, if I may use young lingo, these were fire. They were good, oh, very God, good. Yes, I said, fire. It. I said it. <laughs> Send your hate mail to add coffee custom builds. Um, Mike, can we get a couple samples of that stuff? Because it was, uh, again, fire. I don't think I can play any of them because most of them are pretty inappropriate. So I think that's probably the best best that we don't do that. So I don't know. We might work them into the show anyways. there was this one time in band camp. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, My family and I were uh, in the Black Hills for the last six days and we came back a day early. Nice. They all wanted to come back early, and I was like, oh, great, let's go. Because this way cool. I can that- record the podcast with the boys. I'm glad you're here. Pete told me in his private text message that he's not happy you're back, but I personally am very I believe happy that. I actually <laughs> it's believe fine. that. It's fine. I was going to get your share, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I've got great news. Yep. This episode is brought to everyone by Bear Hollow Supply. Thank you to Bear Hollow Supply. Those guys Ooh. are awesome. I got some... Uh, some undermount slides from them came in two days ago and they are beefy monsters. I've never worked with undermount slides. Have you before? So I've seen them in cabinetry, but they're always stupid flimsy. Like they're just not good. It's basically side mounts that they mounted underneath. And yeah, I've seen people do that before and they just like droop. Are you talking about those bloom undermount slides? They're not bloom. They're from They're. I don't know who makes them for bear hollow, but bear hollow makes them. They're undermount instead of side mount and they're, these things are massive. They're like I beams. Mm-hmm. Um, I need anyway. some thirty-eight inch undermount side undermount. I got a guide. Slides. Slides. I got a guide. It's bear hollow. Ch- yeah, <laughs> Good. I've got great news, and you're gonna want to sit down. Oh, you are. Uh, go to bearhollowsupply.com. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I don't know how big they got, but uh, they were they were surprisingly large. Yeah, I need some very so, large ones coming up very soon. Um, yep, and use promo code AWP for exactly the same price. <laughs> well, they add five percent, but they take it off after they add it, so it's cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, it's thank for you, tax Bear purposes. Hollow. Really, really appreciate that. Yeah, they're great. Yes, thank you, Bear Hollow. And uh, I don't know, Pete. Do you want to do the the Patreon thing? Yes, 
Yes. First of all, I want to thank all of our new patrons, which Mike will take care of in a moment. But we do have a Patreon now, and we will be offering a lot of really cool content, including, uh, as of this week, our first pre-show. Uh, it is explicit. It yes. is... Uh, it is us just explicit. ripping on each other the whole time. You think the the actual uh, show give, is funny? Can I just Go. give the one coat, the one like secret thing about the explicit part? Oh, I'm just yeah, gonna I say go. one thing. There's uh-huh. two Pete's. Just <laughs> one cup. <laughs> just one cup. Yeah, and you guys don't get the joke now, unless you're a patron of uh, the mid tier or higher. Right. That's right. This oh, is what we talk man. about on the pre-show. It's filthy. Mm. It's dirty. We make it's fun of you all. All of oh, you. Oh, we make fun. Of we make fun of Pete a lot. Yeah. But like, think of like how much they rip on me. <laughs> it's not that bad. But like, you guys will still actually, get it. I actually listened to last last week's episode and I was like, man, I was really mean to Pete. But then I laughed really hard it about it. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, I gotta do that again. I gotta do that again. <laughs> Give me my bourbon. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Sorry. Pete. Drunk Pete, Papa Pete. Mike. <laughs> Drunk Papa Mike. So if you do want to sign up, head over to patreon.com slash another woodshop podcast. You'll be getting anything from a sticker of the podcast to a sticker from Dan. That's the top tier. That's right. Uh, We're also going to be throwing some some t-shirts in there. Obviously, you get the pre-show. And something that we didn't actually announce, but we ended up doing anyways, is if you're a patron, uh, you are getting the video version of the podcast uh, when it drops. The the early, all the people that are in the tier that get the early show you also get the video, which is pretty yeah. cool because you get to watch us blink a lot and talk awkwardly into the mic instead of the camera. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff, guys. It's good stuff. And um, what tier is it? Oh, the, the VIP tier, actually. Uh, I've got it worked out now. We got to get some other information, but they're all getting another Woodshop podcast shirts. They're getting the first shirts. So first shirt uh, ever. $20 tier. Yeah. They're the first shirts ever. There will be a lot of shirts available. We have obviously slab this mahogany that, yep. uh, that's all I can think of now. But oh, um, those of you that a- have been posting that <laughs> online, we are suing you now. Yeah. Our Kevin, lawyers will uh, lefties, Woodshop, you yeah. are going to be in a lot of legal doo-doo after this episode. We're going to own because his it, shop. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be uh, AWP's Woodshop. So. No, it's, it's the <laughs> left. Uh, it's a, uh, AWP shop at lefties. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So anyway, there's great. You're going to be able to show off, you know, that you're a VIP. You're going to be able to show off your VIP-ness of the, <laughs> like, that you are a VIP to everyone else. This is also a joke from the pre-show. That was I was, uh, I was waiting for a way to work that in and you <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> so anyway, oh. we appreciate you guys very much. But hey, we, we said we were going to mention all the new patrons at the beginning of the episode and we have 30 so that I'm is gonna bonkers off and bonkers. It is absolutely bonkers we are going to name everyone um we're going to start from the top tier and go down we we really are couldn't over blown away. overstate that we are blown away by this like, so thank blown you away. all 30 of you yeah we were texting uh, each other going oh my gosh oh my yeah. gosh people oh are really gosh, like yeah. into this like, it was yeah, crazy we, we we couldn't believe we, it yeah so we can't thank, thank you. you guys enough like we're yeah. expecting like our wives and well, yeah, not for me, fiancés to like sign up under a fake name to make us feel better. Like you guys all jumped on board. And- Who's Schlemma? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard this name before, Schlemma? <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna run down the list right now. So we've got uh, Four Nances Design Co. Uh, we got Justin with uh, Rustic Grain. We got Kyle Foot. We've got Lee Omen. We've got Matthew Van Blaricom. We've got Nick Fouts. Thelma Kennedy, Andrew Deering, Andrew Dembeck, David Wirt, Eric Yoakum, Jen Solis, 
Javon Cheney, John Grubb, Kevin Hemphill, Max Jensen, Roger Blake, Sean Russer, Tyler Kimball, Brendan Morrison, Caleb with up, with up North Minnesota Shop, John with Character Red Woodshop, uh, Jake Vance, Luke, Ludwig Barnes, Michael Heredia, Michael or Mike Holmes, excuse me, Robert Silman, Alan with AC Nailed It, Brian Rupert, and Eric Dean. That is bonkers that I had to name off that many people just now. That is Nuts. unreal. So, so thank you so much, everyone. Uh, this is probably, I mean, we're, this is certainly going to be the longest Patreon naming segment we have for any other episode. So thank you for bearing with us, those of you who aren't. Those of you who are a patron, man, we just really appreciate it so much. So um, with that out of the way, we're going to jump in a little segment we call What's on my bench? And I'm going to throw that right to Dan, because his is going to be the quickest. <laughs> what is on my bench? What well, let me bench? tell you. Um, nothing. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> I know. That's nice. Shocker. Shocker. Um, I was on vacation for the last six That's days. Awesome. I know you're probably like, Dan, you took a vacation last week. That was like a two-day like little camping trip. This was a, that was an outing. a six-day Cross country, like trek in our camper. It was amazing. Yeah, we saw Mount Rushmore. Jealous. We were in the Black Hills. We did all sorts of things, Black Hillsy. It was wonderful. That sounds great, man. Yeah. What'd you do? Um, uh, what, what's up with you? What's on what's, your What's on bench? my bench? What's on yeah, my bench? Michael. Um, <laughs> well, Daniel, I'm glad you asked because that's the segment we're in. Um, <laughs> uh, this week, um, holy moly. <laughs> You'd think I would have thought about this before the segment <laughs> no um, <laughs> no it's been a pretty slow week honestly I, i'm doing this uh i was in between two big projects or well, big projects i was in between two projects and um i told my barber like seven eight months ago that i would make him he's a retired corrections officer i told him i'd make him a bottle opener for the barber shop and uh that i make him one of the thin blue line flags as a bottle opener um you know, so I'm doing it finally. <laughs> I'm just making it out of maple. I did indie ink on there, and it's it's honestly not a super fun build. There's a lot of epoxy involved, and I'm not like a huge fan of mixing up and pouring epoxy. And there's just a lot of taping and recutting, and it's just a lot more work than anticipated. If uh, I may I interject, to, yeah, it looks like the maple took the indie ink really well, dude. It takes it so nice. I was really concerned. Like, have you ever tried to stain maple? No, it's no, almost impossible. It took the India ink perfect, dude. It was it went. I did two. I did one, and then I waited ten minutes, and I threw another one on. I I probably could have done a third one, and it would have gone just totally blacked out. It was. It's gorgeous. It stuff works so good. It work, It takes it so well. That's I can't cool. wait to good do to it know. on this good ash to know. base. Um, but yeah, it took it. I mean, maple's pretty cheap for the most part in general, right? I mean, it's not like a super expensive hardwood, so. It's a good option, but I think you're going to get more uh, more grain presence with ash, um, and that stuff just kind of takes. No, I was thinking more stuff. along the lines of like using it on curly maple, mm. so where you can see the the fire and the and the ripples and. Well, you know uh, what was it, Nick? You know, Nick he does does all does indie ink all the time. He I thought he did he did that guitar recently, right? He would he didn't use indie ink. He, he used didn't the use dye. indie ink. He used a black dye. exactly. That's what I was going to say. I was like, oh man, that indie ink came out good, and he's like, nope. I didn't use India ink, which was surprising for him. But the reason is because it sands off so easy. It actually doesn't go into the uh, below the top surface. So it gets it does go. It's not a top coat. It does go in, but it only goes 
really, really uh, shallow into the fibers. So, uh, but I've been working on that. I've also I sold my joiner this week. Um, it's kind of it's kind of sad getting seeing that go. To be honest, um, we're actually going to get into a question about emotional ties to tools, and I actually had a harder time saying bye to that than I thought it would. Kind of weird, uh, but I did have a hard time saying bye to that. But um, it went to a local woodworker, uh, which is awesome. I mean, of course, it's going to go to a local woodworker. It's not like some – it came from an out-of-state woodworker bought it. Well, that doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, I mean, a, a local woodworker got it, so that's cool. But been a pretty slow week. Just been mostly cleaning up, getting some things organized for some changes in the shop. And um, I'm going to be getting to this coffee table this week finally. I'm excited about that. So, Pete, what about you? What's on your bench? Oh, had a huge week. Uh, I think I mentioned last week that I had a spider in a shop that keeps making webs. I killed it. Yes. <laughs> got him. We got him. We got him. I got the ban- the bush banner behind me. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the jet, on the air carrier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there was that. And then, uh, oh, I also finally finished the flip top cart that I started what feels like in fall of last year, but really it was only three <laughs> weeks ago. And Is that it spins. It's only well, you've been you've been talking about it for a long time though, right? I've been talking about it, yeah. Okay, okay, it, was, okay. it, it really was a like a monumental build because they're just heavy tools to even yeah. like move them around. <clears throat> but, uh, it's it's just a pain in the butt. But it's 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 all together. It's spinning. It has no play. I do still need to work out some latch system. I've been uh, brainstorming with the uh, you know the big brain that is Instagram. Everyone's giving me their two two cents, and I really appreciate it. I'm getting a lot of ideas. I'm the kind of guy that I like to make it out of stuff I have in a shop. So I'm trying to get really creative, but I might just have to go with something, uh, you know, big box store, or Amazon order uh, for either threaded inserts or something. I want to make sure this thing is nice and stable because these are, these are heavy tools on there, but it rotates with no issues. I actually did a video of Emma flipping it. And I think Dan, you, you when you told me like that actually looks and works better than I thought. Yeah, you yeah. and me both, buddy. <laughs> I was expecting it to kind of be like really bulky and like annoying. It's so nice. Uh, for those of you watching the video, it is right behind me in the video here. Uh, but it's it's also nice. And this is such a stupid little thing to be excited about. But I don't have a lot of flat space to put stuff on in my shop. And both of those tools sat on carts that were literally the size of the base. So now I have like a foot of space on each side so I can put a tool and like leave it there for a month. You know, it's nice. Like what we do with our shops. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. That's been, uh, well, and another thing, I, I guess I talked about it uh, to Mike a little bit this week. I I have been kind of out of the shop this week because I've had an insanely busy week uh, fulfilling 3D printed orders. Uh, I, I mentioned last week, I got another printer in a mail uh, coming in a couple of weeks and it's just been a busy week and let's just say that thing has like basically paid for the printer I just ordered, which is crazy. It's just been busy. I'm very thankful. That's helping me, uh, that's helping me kind of do what I love to do, which is just put out content, come in here and play and not have to stress out about commissions or whatever. But I do, that being said, I I do want to get back into commissions. I think I want to start making some projects uh, for other people just to kind of get outside of my own brain of ideas. But cool. That's about it. Why don't we hop in cool. some voicemails? Mm-mm. I decided no? we're not going to do it. Uh, cool. We'll, just call well guys, show. thanks so for no. following. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, let's get into some voicemails. This first one is from Alan with AC Nailed It, and it's coming right now. Hey, AWP team. This is Alan from AC Nailed It, and I have a question for you guys 
Um, how far do you guys go when finishing a project? How perfect do you try to make it? How much time do you spend on the little micro details around the corners where legs and aprons meet or the small gaps in tabletop seams or anything else like that? I know, especially in a production type shop, you kind of have to get things rolling and going out. But, uh, you know, how much time do you really spend on nailing those little tiny details? I find myself spending sometimes too much time and just tinkering around for hours trying to make something perfect. And I feel like I'm probably spending too much time on that. So I'd love to hear you guys' input on this. Be good. Dan, I want to hear your thoughts. I spend I spend quite a lot of time on all the little details because I think when you start nailing those things, I think that's one of the things that's really going to set you apart from somebody else um, is, is the details. It's what makes your product look more professional, in my opinion. So I will take the time to sand all the corners, sand all the burn marks. I even take the time to make the bottom of a tabletop look as good as possible. I know some folks who don't. And, you know, on the, on the chance that somebody has to get under the table, I want them to see the bottom of the table and go, wow, they actually put that kind of, the, that kind of time in the bottom of the table where nobody's going to see it too, you know? So I think those little things is, is what's going to set you apart from everybody else. So spend the time. What do you think, Pete? Well, an easy way to make sure that you don't have to worry about the finishing and not stress about it is just don't finish it. Yeah, that's been my, that's been a lot of my projects lately. <laughs> Twenty nine cutting boards sitting in the yeah, rack, <laughs> sitting in a rack. But yeah, it's part of it is uh, because I am obsessive about uh, finishing things. I I do go into all the details. If there's a little dent, I go nuts. If there's something off, if it's got a burn mark, it's all got to get cleaned up. I'm a perfectionist and. I mean, like, let's even say a cutting board, you know, I see the cutting boards that are sold at like flea markets or whatever. Most of them are good, but there's some that are just, they clearly just sanded it, you know, to whatever, 220 and then hit it with oil and never raise the grain, nothing. And it's just like kind of rough to the touch. I'm not about that. I want somebody to, I live for that when you meet eyes with the client, when they touch the product for the first time and it's so stupid smooth it just like they actually look at you like whoa this is like this is just glass smooth or uh or a cutting board you know it's so perfect or a top is nicely finished and it feels really durable like that's i live for that so i definitely obsess about it probably a little too much because like we said multiple times nobody really notices a lot of these mistakes except the person that makes it but i still you know i want to make sure my, something if something with my name is going out there i want it to look the best it can what about you, Mike? No, I agree. I mean, I'm just going to ditto on this because yeah. it's the same answer. I mean, you, you have to take pride in your craftsmanship and none of us are in a production shop. So I think there's, you know, Alan mentioned in a production shop, sometimes corners get cut. Uh, we're not like slamming through tons of built-ins and stuff. We, you know, I'm not doing a ton of commissions and Dan has the most commissions, but. <clears throat> I'm not even, doing so much that I can't take care of right, the details. Dan is doing. Hand, you know, one-offs, big things. He get he's Dan is set up to where he has to make his product the best it can, so it keeps Absolutely. selling. So um, I don't have anything else to add. I think that if you are in a production shop, which none of us are, so we really mm-hmm. can't speak to it. I think there's different corners you can cut, but you're also not 
making these one-off orders. It's a different, uh, it's a different demographic or market, I guess. They're just different things. You're not, you don't have some, you don't have a uh, 300 families coming and asking you for a coffee table. You I know, will that- say that I did used to work in a production shop and we had standards on tolerances that we could, right. That we could fudge. Fudge. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I yeah, mean, even to- in a big production shop, I think our tolerances were like one thirty second of an inch. So that's really tight. Mm-hmm. It's pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. So and and if I may just like throw in like a no thing is yeah I will anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, uh, Pete. It's your show. I'll, I'll never forget this quote, but I will never remember who said it. And that <laughs> was, "No one can tell the grit in a video." Uh, and it was David somebody Pachita. that I, I forget. It was an inter- in an interview in a, on another podcast. Where someone that makes a ton of videos and a lot of great content. It's a, it's actually a bigger name in the in a community. I just don't remember who they are. David Pachuto. Yeah, Maybe. I was gonna say who David knows? Pachuto. I remember him saying something like that. People that like if you need to crank out content for how to, you're not so much focused on how Yeah, the well. finish is just whatever, just make it look yeah. like it's finished. It's just so, gotta look so good. So that's in a video. that part of it. And that's fine. It's gotta look good in a video or you can refinish parts or apply more coats later, but you know, we're in it to we give the final product to somebody. Yeah. Usually, or for we ourselves, and especially if it's for yourself, that thing better be perfect. Yep, agreed. I think we're gonna ditto that one, even yeah. though we all answered it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so this next one is from Andrew. Uh, this is Andrew's. Hey guys, this is Andrew from ADD Woodworking on Instagram. Uh, I've actually got two questions for you. The first one is when you're in the shop, uh, do you wear an apron or not, and why? Uh, and the second one is when you're marking, do you prefer using a marking knife or a pencil or something else? Uh, thanks for everything. Uh, you guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. I'll take this one. Um, I try to wear my apron whenever I can. <clears throat> um, I really enjoy wearing an apron and I like having all a bunch of tools available at hand. I also like the, uh, I also like that it keeps my clothes kind of clean and I also like that I've never had table saw kickback, but I also like knowing that I like knowing that if something flies at my stomach, I've got a little protection there too. So I never um, thought of that angle. Um, I like I do try to wear whenever I can. Sometimes for I've also noticed that I don't I don't really wear it when I'm recording stuff uh, because sometimes it looks kind of goofy. But um, I try when I'm generally speaking. Yes, I wear one whenever I can. Um, and then for marking, I'm actually, I'm actually actively in the process of trying to use a marking knife more than a, a pencil. I've been using, I mean, I use, I've used a pencil forever, and I started using a mic, like I, I don't know, a month or two ago. I, I started challenging myself to do dovetails, and I was using the marking knife, and I was like, man, why don't I use this all the time? So I'm actually trying to make, I keep that in my apron now, and I really enjoy using a marking knife more than a pencil, for sure. So that's my answer. What about you, Dan? I do not wear an apron uh, for no good reason. I just – I don't like the way it feels. I feel constricted. Yeah, I got you. Um, I get my it. My shop isn't AC'd. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, it's more hot and it's sticky yeah. and I don't know. I like I like the I like the free ball without the apron. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's uncomfortable. No, 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 no. no. I was just – I was – Getting a picture. You getting a visual? That's why I'm smiling. (laughs) (laughs) As far as the Um, as far as the pencil versus marking knife, um, I do both. It really depends on what I'm doing. If it's uh, if it's something that doesn't use a marking 
a marking knife for plywood? No. <laughs> <laughs> if it's something that doesn't need to be super accurate, I just need to be able to repeat it. You know, you yeah. can use a pencil for that. Use a pencil for that. Set your fence, set your stop block, whatever. And repeat the cut. But like the other day, not the other day, I guess it was a couple weeks ago now. When I did that dovetail half lap, I used a marking knife because I needed that to be super accurate. And the marking knife also pre-cuts the fibers. So you get less tear out along the line. So I used marking knife for that. What about you, Pete? Uh, for me, uh, everyone looks cool in an apron from the waist up. Let's just say that. So that's why I'm, I'm, I know why, why Mike doesn't wear it in videos. Because you get the full body shot. <laughs> it's like a half dress. I actually, I love my it's apron. It's a kilt. It's a kilt. It's a half a kilt. Um, Welcome, to love... <laughs> Welcome to the shop. Welcome to the shop. Coffee custom builds. And he, and he just spins a hammer. And you can it. take our claw hammers. Or I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, back to the question. Ah, <laughs> oh, you guys pay for this. All right. <laughs> So I love the, uh, I really actually love the apron, especially if I'm doing uh, hand tool work or something where I just, I need to throw things in my pockets a lot. Mm. I will put that on. Eating candy. It is, however, very hot. Like Dan said, it's hot in the summer. So I'm definitely seeing myself wear that like fall, winter, almost all the time. Uh, Summer, maybe not so much unless the AC is pumping. And as far as marking, a knife for any joinery or hand tool work, pencil for everything else. And I have a sharpener. I sharpen pencils all the time. I put them into a little little holder. They stay sharp. As soon as they're a little dull, they go in a sharpener. Um, yeah, I, I got to clarify, actually. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to use a – Dan, <laughs> when I, I – I don't use a, a marking knife on everything, obviously. I'm trying to use it more because I never really used one prior to challenging myself to do Well, that nothing so. severs the fiber of MDF like a marking knife. <laughs> <laughs> Rustic MDF. All right. Uh, uh-huh. This next question is from Brendan Morrison. Hey, guys. Brendan from Morrison and Sun Woodworking here. First off, just wanted to say I've been loving the podcast. You guys are doing an amazing job um, for a new woodworker like myself. I can honestly say you guys have lots of knowledge, and I love listening to you every week, and I always get a good laugh. So I'm finally remembering to actually record a question for you guys, which is shocking for myself, but um, I had a Quick question that's kind of project specific for myself. I'm looking to build my first bookcase slash display case that's going to hang on a wall for my parents. It's going to have a couple of cubbies in it. Um, planning on making it out of either red or white oak. Haven't decided on that one yet, but trying to find out how to get the cubbies together. Um, I don't have that fancy domino, um, but was wondering if I should invest in a dowel jig or a dado stack. Um, don't have either of those yet, but I do have a biscuit joiner. Um, and my only struggle with the biscuit joiner is I know you guys have said that they don't add strength. They're just more for lining up. So would that be a poor choice in this situation? Really would be interested in hearing what you guys have to say. Thank you and keep up the great work. Pete. So I want to clarify something we've said in the past. We we, we did say that the biscuit joiner doesn't really add strength the dom and the dominoes are more for like aligning things. Uh, if you're doing a top, so if you need to extend the actual board, it, it adds a little bit of strength in the part where the face of the biscuit joins against the face of the cut or the hole that's cut. Mm. So it does give you a little extra rigidity, but not something where it's going to make 
a huge difference. It's predominantly to align properly, but it does add strength in the end. Um, however, when you're going, if I'm imagining a bookcase, so I'm thinking like at least two shelves, kind of something like what Mike just built with like two shelves. It's got the sides. So there's stuff joining at a 90. When you're joining a biscuit or even a, a, a domino at a 90, you know, it's still face grain joining end grain, no matter if it's the wood touching itself or it's the uh, actual biscuit or uh, domino going into the wood. So it's not going to provide a ton of frigidity, but it still lines everything up for you nicely and make sure it, it glues up in a proper area. So I'd say it's going to help, but don't think of it as like the primary way to hold it together. Does that make sense? I don't know. What, what about you? Well, Mike, let's talk about you because we just talked about the domino and you're a big fan. Uh, I don't I don't think that the biscuit's going to help on that joint. I could be mistaken, but I don't think a biscuit's going to give any strength, is it? I guess I'm imagining like two sh- two parallel shots I only think with it, like dividers in a center. I don't think a biscuit adds any strength at all. I think it's only not, for No, alignment. that's what I'm saying. It's not going to add it on the 90 degree connectors. So Okay. Yeah, yeah so I honestly, for to me, it's makes sense to get a dowel jig for this one. But you could also do dados, and the dado stack is going to give you some other options. That the, A dowel jig is for dowels only. Uh, a dado stack, you can cut dados. You can also cut rabbits, so it opens up some other options for you. So for me, I think a dado stack is the way to go, and then just do dados to join this thing. Um, but, but you can get a dowel jig for like... I think they pay you $3 to get those out of the store now. So they're really <laughs> cheap. Like, But you can get like the nice ones. Like Jessam's got some nice ones. I th- I'm pretty sure uh, <clears throat> Rockler. Uh, Rockler and uh, Woodcraft have uh, their own brands as well. So you can get them. For, there's a million. They're My a dime a dozen. They're not, yeah, there's, they're not very expensive. And they're the same principle as the Domino. You're getting a tenon. You're getting a floating tenon, essentially. Uh, it's just shaped different. Um, so, I mean, you're getting a floating tendon with a domino, but I, I, a dado, a dado joint is really, really strong joint. Um, you've got a lot of glue surface there and with the overlap there, you get a lot of strength. So I I think for this, and if you don't have either a dado stack or a, uh, dowel jig, my personal opinion is get the dado stack because you're going to be able to use it for other things. But if you're spending the 80 bucks on a dado stack, 15 more bucks on a dowel jig, I don't think is that big a deal. Or a but dado if it is, bit. Um, but if it is, uh, what? It, or a dado bit for a router if you want to go that way. Oh, yeah. If, yeah, yeah that but, route, get it? That yeah. route? Uh, God, get out. Dan, please. Carry, carry, on. <laughs> carry on. Dan, what you got? Uh, I agree. Uh, I would invest in a dowel jig. I mean, that's something you're just going to need. Mm-hmm. And use yep. in the future yeah. anyway. Also, the dado stack, it's going to come in handy for several other things. I made a media console that I use in my own home out of strictly rabbits and dados and glue. Yeah. And it's, it's held together by nothing else. Yeah. However, I do want to say that you could make this with the biscuit joiner and it, it will be plenty strong for what you're looking for. And John Heiss has a video proving that where he made a bookcase and he set he sat on a shelf and he's a big guy he's probably he probably weighs more than me I'm no little guy um he sat on a bookshelf no that he sat on a bookshelf <laughs> with nothing but biscuits holding it together and it held him just fine and he's probably two twenty five two fifty yeah he's a big guy 
I'm guessing. So yeah, you could use you could use biscuits in this case. There you go. And, and Grandpa didn't have any of this stuff, and somehow they make bookcases book back then. So yeah, but they also didn't have biscuit joiners. I mean, they weren't using right. biscuits back I mean, then. They were using yeah. You could also go, you could also, also go get the, dados uh, and rabbits. You could also go get the uh, the the basic basic Craig jig. Uh, oh, the shelf mounting. Like no, the pocket no, hole no, jig. no, just the 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 basic uh, Craig oh, jig pocket, pocket hole. Yeah. Like that yeah. single one? I, what is that? The K one? I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's like it's like twenty it's like, bucks or something. Yeah, it's like twenty yeah. bucks. Yeah, you can do pocket holes for it for pocket sure. Pocket holes. Pocket holes. Lots it's of options. Holes. Yeah, there pocket are lots holes. of options. Domino is not something you need to do that build at all. Nope. Uh or really any build. You don't need it for any build. It just makes it go faster. Um, That's right. The next question is from Character Red. That's John. Check it out. Hey guys, uh John here from Character Red Woodshop. So my question for you guys this week is, what is the one skill, whether it be just woodworking in general or um, running your business and some things that you had to learn with developing your website or editing video for, for your YouTube videos, what is the one skill that took you guys the longest to grasp and really gave you the most challenge in learning how to do it and learning how to excel in it? So thanks, guys. Keep up the great work and uh, look forward to next week's episode. Um, was he asking about, like, what was he, was it specifically was woodworking or just like everything? It was, it like, was like not woodworking, right? It was the stuff around the woodworking What's stuff, something right? that challenged you the most? Like, or you- I mean, I feel like the woodworking aspect is one thing and all the other stuff that comes with the content creation. I think he's asking about the content creation business stuff, the stuff, other stuff, right? That's what I'm kind of getting more, yeah. Okay. Because for me- I'm going to hit two – I'm going to give two answers here because if we're not including woodworking because there's just a million things in woodworking that you're just never going to be done learning. Yeah. Um, for me, with the content creation, it's figuring out my style and I feel like I'm nowhere near – I feel like I'm no, – in a year, I feel like I'm nowhere closer to figuring out what my video style is as I was a year ago and I feel like I'm never going to find it on Instagram and YouTube is the place where I'm going to find it. And, um, I feel like I have like 50 to 60 more videos to put out before I ever find it. It's like, it's just such a long road to figure out for me. And then in terms of the business side of it is being more shrewd and not like, not like screwing people or anything, but like being more, um, being less soft and like being, oh, I'll cut a little bit of the price off for here. Being like firm about my pricing and stuff like that. That's my other thing is, um, uh, just, you know, sometimes I'm like, ah, you know, I'll, I'll help them out here. I'll do this or that. And all it does is hurt my value of my, it's my perceived value of my brand. So that's, those are my two big struggles outside of the woodworking for this stuff. So Pete. I, I gotta say ditto, but it's literally like, I had the same answers in my head. It was with video editing. I'm currently struggling a lot with that. I'm not bad at it. I just don't know what my style is. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to really dial it in and I'm I'm trying to on my first or second video already hit it out of the gate, but I know this is something I have to grow into. And I'm trying to tell myself that every time I edit it. And on a business side, it's knowing my value. Cause yeah. there's times that I want really want to dial it back. And because I think I'm like almost inconveniencing them by giving them a quote. And like, no, like especially yeah. with 3D printing, because like I'm I designed it, but the machine's doing the work for me. 
And I'm kind of like, well, I didn't really do that much work. So I You're like a so dollar physical manifestation of IP intellectual property. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, it is, but that, that's worth something. That's worth a lot. You can't devalue that. And it's hard. That's even harder to value than your work. Cause I'm not putting hours of work on it. Mm-hmm. So that's tough for me. But what about you, Dan? I, I wouldn't tell people that, but go ahead. Oh. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Along those same lines, uh, I, I I found it hard to get in front of the camera and be myself. Mm. But the more I do it, the more the more I feel comfortable doing it. And you know, we we've talked about that before. But yeah. as far as the business goes, one of the things that took me the longest to learn was how to sell myself, not just sell my product, but sell myself as a person, and and really get somebody to believe in you. And your work as a person and just really buy into who you are and what you're offering. I think, I, th- I think that's a, a big thing that a lot of people don't, don't realize that they need to learn is how to sell yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yep. I learned how to do that from my other business because I used to be an extrovert, like really bad. And being a photographer and having to interact with people all the time, it really taught me fast how to be more intro. No, extrovert. Up. Yes, no, intro- I was. I was an introvert. Extro- and it yeah. taught me oh, yeah. how to be more extroverted. Yeah. So yeah, that being being a people person uh, took some learning. Gotcha. <laughs> Stuff. Uh, I think that's good for that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, Jake with JV Woodworks question. Here's Jake. Never heard of him. Hey guys, this is Jake from JV Woodworks on Instagram. I wanted to submit a question for the podcast this week. Uh, My question is actually a hypothetical scenario. Uh, Let's say you were going about your day and were approached by a genie who told you that you could end world hunger and wars, but you had to do one of two things. Give up all of your power tools and use only a fully decked out shopsmith or only items you can find at Harbor Freight. For the rest of your life, no other tools. Which route would you go? And I'm assuming you're going to go with one of them and take the deal because you know, hunger and wars kind of suck. Let me know what you think, Dan. I'm dying to know. <laughs> <laughs> Man, why do I have to? Should be we the just first pass one? Pete because we know it's going to be Harbor Freight? <laughs> no, no. That, that is a solid assumption. I really didn't I want to be first it. because I want to hear y'all's answers and I'd be like, well, I'm a better person than them. <laughs> well, you know um, what? Screw, <laughs> screw Mike. Dan, I'll go first. Yeah, Dan. And go, go, just, go, Pete. Just go with your face. Guess what? You showed me. It is Harbor Freight. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I I have seen a shopsmith. I've seen That's what they can do. They were they were good for a while. Like no one tool should do that much. <laughs> okay, it does. Uh, it does thirteen tools thirty percent of the way. But have you yes. seen? Have you seen you the table what? saw Guess that what? comes on the shopsmith? Harbor Freight <laughs> yes. does does all the work. Well, maybe forty percent of the time. So that's better right. better metrics right there. Uh, I do have a firm rule, and most of you guys know it. It's nothing with a motor. But if I really had to go with it, I'd go, I'd go it's with the Harbor Freight. It's world hunger. <laughs> I mean, it's world does, hunger. I, yeah. Does this hunger. assume you get free replacement ones or do you have to actually pay for them? <laughs> or, or are you just limited to when they break and that's it? You're out. Oh, when they break. They just I'm assuming you're weeks. paying for them. And that's like the only choice. Like you're on a desert island and they just happen to have a harbor freight. 
Um, which, like, no it's food. The worst no desert food. island of all time. Yeah, this <laughs> put a harbor freight. Desert island harbor freight. <laughs> Episode 19. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, We're never getting so, them as a sponsor. You realize that, and right? And, guys, <laughs> if... If you want quality tools at low, low prices, check out harborfreight.com with a 20% off coupon and uh, AWP at checkout, you'll get 20% off. <laughs> 20% on? Oh. All right. Oh, Dan, what about you? Dan, what's your answer? Oh, man. Well, Mr. Perfect. I, I want to keep all my tools. Sorry. <laughs> it's a rock and a hard place. Sorry, starving kids. I like my tools. <laughs> I love Milwaukee. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Since yeah. you said Milwaukee, oh. Oh. I came home oh, to a yeah. new Milwaukee tape measure that somebody sent me. Oh, did someone send a message about that? I got a I little six inch. I got I a little uh, Someone three asked foot. a question, like, ask Dan about his new tape measure. I got a little Instagram. three foot Milwaukee tape measure. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's weird, Dan. It's, you it's you got, got something else for your Milwaukee tools in the mail, but you didn't mention it. Oh, I don't know. Freaking. <laughs> Pete's fishing hey. hard. Dan, know, Mike, what about you? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I did. <laughs> well, Dan, Dan clearly wants all the kids to starve. Mike, what about you? <laughs> I think it's. I think I'm going to go to the Desert Island Harbor Freight. That place sounds all right. I don't want to shopsmith. Those things are turds. You know what would be great? A Desert Island Macbeth. Yeah, it would. Desert Island Macbeth would be fantastic. Yeah. You're just like, well, you're, that- only, you're only client, so whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go to the next and final Patreon question here. Uh, this is from Lee with Regal Street Workshop or Woodshop. Hey, guys. It's Lee Woodshop. from Regal Street Woodshop couple quick ones for you this week what's your preferred method other than a drum sander for flattening a end grain cutting board and also i didn't know if you had any tips or tricks for eliminating burning on denser woods such as maple in the bandsaw or in the table saw i've tried speeding up the feed rate and everything and it just turns the wood black but any tips you have would be great thanks guys dan um first of all with without having a a drum sander i would definitely use a router flattening jig i mean that's Mm. that seems like the the way to go that's the way i used to do it before i got a drum sander and i got inducted to that uh club you love it (laughs) i love it it. i love it i'm not complaining (laughs) that's not a complaint um as far as keeping maple from burning I would always make sure that my blade is sharp and clean. Make sure your blade is clean. That is key. Take your blade out, clean it with some simple grain or laundry detergent if you listen to Pete. <laughs> Tide bots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a sharp and clean blade. That that really helps a ton. What about you, Mike? Uh I've never done an ingrain cutting board. What? Are you, know, even, right? are you even a woodworker? I was waiting for it. Uh, <laughs> you guys owe each other a Coke or whatever. High fives. Yeah. Jinx. Um, Jinx. Jack and Coke. No. Yeah, I've never done. Sorry, a motorcycle gang just drove by. Um, I've never, uh, I've, I've never done one. Um, but 
Dan's so ditto with Dan. I mean, uh, flattening jig makes the most sense to me. Um, I have a drum sander, so I'd use them. But yeah, flattening jigs makes the most sense. And then uh, burning, did I mean ditto? It's you just got to make sure they're clean. There's not a whole lot you can do if you have a dirty blade. It's going to heat up that pitch and that stuff on there, and that's going to burn the uh, burn the wood. Clean your Pete. blade. Uh, I'm going to go a different route, just so oh. we're not boring. Uh, <laughs> I use a planer sled. So uh, it's a planer sled with an adjustable back. So I can set it to different. You're going to put an ingrain board through your planer. Yes, and there's a video on my Instagram. Holy moly, Pete, you yeah. are a yeah. Rebel. I've done it, and only so. Here's the thing: you, there's two things you got to focus on, and it's a it needs to be backed up. So it needs to have a solid something behind it. And the sled I have is a thick sled plus backers, and I can set them to different heights. And I actually glue like hot glue it in place, so that thing's not going to move. It sounds angry when you run it through, but it has good results. The internet as safety police it, are going to come after you. Well, bring <laughs> it. Bring it. I just want to say. Just like three and a half inches of tear out on the backside. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just cut that's, why you sh- that's why you chamfer. <laughs> um, and wait, what was the other question? I don't think there How was How do you one. keep maple no, burning. from burning? Oh, or or denser say, well, wood. Depending like on a cut, I would just overcut it. Do your you know, cut the splitting the wood or a board if you're cutting the end of it. And then just do like a, you know, just a, a little. A hair pass. Yeah, I was going to say something else, but I can't because we're clean. I know you're <laughs> Just into. like a small pass. A little CH uh, just pass. Just a cleanup pass. Yeah, I do the same thing with uh, if I'm running something on a router with a, with a Harbor Freight bit. Harbor Freight. Quality oh, at a Freight good makes price. bits? <laughs> oh, God. Just run it through with tape on it or tape on the fence. And then take the tape off, and it literally takes off just, like, the tape thickness. Instead of a Harbor Freight bit, couldn't you just, like, mount a nail in your router? Right. Just, like, throw, like, a butter knife in your router. (laughs) (laughs) Spin that thing. Oh, I'm writing that down. (laughs) Uh, Hey, that was the end of the Patreon questions. Or Patreon questions. I don't know what it'd be. Um, So we're going to go into the giveaway. Daniel. What up? (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, the giveaway. This week's giveaway. Sorry to wake you up. The walrus oil. I said that right on the first try, right? You did. I and I messed that up. <laughs> the winner of the walrus oil, thirty-two ounce. Oh, I know. God dang it. <laughs> Let me start over. Yeah, yeah. Start over. Start over. Uh, third takes a charm, guys. Shake it out. Shake <clears throat> it out. The winner of the walrus oil, thirty-two ounce furniture oil, and the three ounce furniture wax. Of a $43 value total, there are two winners this week, guys. Winner number one was Lee from Regal Street Woodshop. Nice. Congratulations, Lee. And winner number two was Jordan Krantz from PNW Hunter Dad on IG. Congratulations Which, to both of those dudes. You're getting... Clarific- what? Sorry, clarification. There's actually one is the furniture finish and one is the cutting board oil. Oh, yeah. See, I was gone for the last six days, so. Yeah, Dan was gone. I don't. But yeah, there's one 32-ounce jug of the cutting board oil, and the other one is the 32-ounce jug of the furniture finish. Um, Well, there you go. We'll pick who it is. But anyway, Dan's got more information. Oh, so this week we're giving away a 750-milliliter container of Ecopoxy Flowcast. That is a $60 value, sponsored by Macbeth Hardwood. Yes, I didn't mention that before. Thank you, Macbeth. 
So you know the drill, guys. We want you to send the catchphrase. Which, we did not think of one. Oh, I've I've written down some things. Oh yes. <laughs> the catchphrase this week is either going to be, and I'm going to run it by the guys real quick live on the show. Okay. Fest Tool okay. Shopsmith. <laughs> or butter knife router bit. Yes. <laughs> butter knife Pete, router bit. Pete. Ooh, I, Pete doesn't I, want to go with mine because he's so mad at me. <laughs> no, I, I kind of love the Festool Shopsmith because I'm imagining it is, pretty, just, it is good. Because it comes in a sustainer and it's massive. <laughs> there you go. All right. The catchphrase okay, okay. this week, Festool guys, Shopsmith. is going to be right, Festool right, right. Shopsmith. So you need to send that. sustainer the size of my shop. <laughs> you need to send that to us on our IG handle, Another Woodshop Podcast, and a DM, or email us oh. at Another Woodshop Podcast at gmail.com. Festool Shopsmith. Macbeth, thank you so much. You guys are amazing. Love you guys. That's so great. (sighs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) This is fun. Uh, Oddly enough, Jordan was the winner. He was the winner. He was the legit winner. We did did a whole thing. Yeah. Random. He's the winner. Uh, Jordan Krantz won, but he's actually, uh, he is a caller, and he called in with this question right here. Hey, guys. Jordan here with P&W Hunter Dad on Instagram. Um, I found an old hatchet that I'd like to remake a handle for it. Um, I know you guys make the mallets. Do you have a suggestion on wood that I should use? I make the mallets, and Dan makes the mallets. Pete, do you make mallets. the mallets? Oh, you have? Yeah, I've made mallets. Yeah. I wasn't accusing you of anything. I just don't remember you making you. Don't come at me like that on live yeah, freaking <laughs> podcast recordings, man. Yeah, bro. No, I didn't I didn't I didn't know you made them. I just did. I was legitimately just asking. It wasn't meant to be an attack. I've but made with like, that being said, I've made like two. Dan, what's your answer? <laughs> well, historically, uh hatchets oh. hatchet handles are made out of ash, and so are baseball bats, by the mm. way. I don't know if you knew that. So I would I would say not. ash if you can. Or, you know, spice it up and make it out of walnut or white oak or something. Something You want something hard and dense. Yeah, like me. Yeah. <laughs> like poplar. <laughs> what do you think, Pete? Uh, yeah, I agree. And, and like, how, I mean, most of us, how often are we chopping wood? You know, if Last this is week, a, a hatchet, you're gonna, it's a hatchet, too. It's not a splitting axe. It's a hatchet. You're not going to be using it like daily to split wood to heat your house. You know I say lives. You're assuming I'm, a lot. I'm assuming a lot. <laughs> but here's the thing: this is an opportunity to get a little fancy. And yeah, go with some harder wood if you want to go with ash or some hard maple. But you, you know what we're going to say: is throw some walnut in there. Nerd. Do a lamination. Cut it out on a bandsaw. Shape it. You know, on a sander by hand or spit shape it with a draw house. knife like Mike would. Or spoke shave. <laughs> <laughs> a festool shopsmith. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the time to get really fancy because people aren't going to notice like you have an axe. People are going to notice that you have an axe that's three tone. It's going to be really nice. There you go. No. The festool SM seven thousand. Yep. Maple <laughs> and uh, maple. And it comes and with a removable heart. head. Yeah. And each one's a hundred bucks. I'm actually not going to answer this one because you guys have answered it so well. So uh, just a choose a nice out. hardwood that you like, man. It's going to be. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be good no matter what. Choose something you haven't worked with. As long as it's a hardwood and you'll have fun with it, you know? Or, you just, know, just whatever you have in stock. Yeah, get yeah, some e 
it's you a know, mallet. You Honestly, you hate yourself. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's not a mallet, but it's it's a hatchet and f- whatever wood you're going to use, you know, just go to town with the finish, make it like super nice, make it look cool. And I, I was joking about what Pete said, but yeah, you're probably not using a hatchet every day. It's mostly going to be a showpiece. It sounds like you found this hatchet. You're going to doctor it up, make it look real pretty, make it a showpiece, make it real nice. Uh, you know, use some rustic MDF or some uh, bird's eye pine. Yeah. Um, there you go. The next question is from, uh, due to a, another legal obligation, is from Josh the Dad, and he's got a long one for us. Oh, my gosh. Hey, guys, this is Josh the Dad. Mm-hmm, Josh the Dad, one of the big IG, coming at you with this week's question, memoirs, thoughts. Yeah. Um, so, first things first, Dan, thank you for your support. I'm not a realtor, but if I did, I would definitely sell you my swampland down in Florida. Mike... I have a car for sale. Uh, if you're interested, I do want to sell it because I want to buy a truck. And Pete, we need to talk about your anger issues because apparently when I asked the question last week, you got a little hurt about your stuff in your shop and wanting to destroy things and turn them into other things. And yeah, it kind of scared me. So, hey, I'm a good listener. Give me a call. We can chat. If I can't help you, I know a guy. This week's question comes at you as a collaboration. I was talking with Kevin over at Lefty's wood shop, and and he kind of threw something at me, and I thought, hey, that's a good idea. See, there's a lot of educators out here on the Big IG that are woodworkers, and we're kind of curious sometimes about how you remember your schooling throughout your years. Uh, you don't want to ask me because I have a lot of traumatic memories of school. wasn't very good, but that's okay. I'm getting better now. So here's <laughs> the big question. What is your favorite childhood memory from school? Is it shop class? Is it home ec? I won't assume anything. Uh, maybe you were really good in algebra. I sure wasn't. But, or English, or history. Oh, man. This is going downhill real fast. Hey, guys, please save me. What are your memories? Pete? Uh, so for me, it was uh, it was an art class. I uh, took it for three years in a row with the same teacher. Uh, he was really good. He was, he was, I don't know, he's like one of those quirky guys that just like, was kind of out there, but you really felt his passion for it. He was often shirtless, and uh, anytime we would, you know, make a bowl, he would sit behind us and slip our hands or his hands behind our hands and what? help us mold it together. Like ghost? Oh wait, I'm talking about <laughs> ghost. That's right. Yeah, ghost. I wasn't um, paying attention. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but since we're talking about I was it, filing my it's, taxes. Sorry. It's really any teacher that got really hands-on with whatever we're working on and ironically for me it was one of the classes that i took that were uh, it was an electronics class where we worked with legos and the circuitry and made it like automated legos and it was really hands-on he wanted he he showed you he had this rule of like i sit on my hands when i talk to you i explain it to you and and that's i think what a lot of us do in our videos we can't physically take someone's piece of wood and align it correctly or mark the piece of wood for them we have to be really good about explaining we're painting a picture with our words and showing them our way but then they have to interpret that as close to that as possible so any teacher that did that and i don't remember the guy's name i just remember the class very very fondly because i learned by him explaining it really really well and painting a picture in my brain what about you mike i uh i struggled in school a lot and oh, I did not. Lot. Uh, <laughs> I struggle a lot. School. Why use many words <laughs> when you can use less words? 
no, um, I, I, I struggled a lot in school and, um, the thing was I'd never do my homework, but I'd always pass my tests really high and the teachers wouldn't. Anyway, I had, I had tr- troubles in school. I tested high, but I always never did. I never did my homework ever. And I always hated school. I hated it my whole life. As, you know, my whole career in school. I just couldn't stand it. And I was got to the point where I was starting to, starting to fail and I almost, um, had to skip a grade in early in high school. Not skip a grade. I almost had to repeat a grade early in high school and my parents pulled You went me from out. really smart to really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, um, they pulled me. I don't know how deep I want to go into this, but I got pulled out of school and I got put in a charter school. And um, I uh, I started taking college classes, and I actually really enjoyed that because what I was able to do with the charter school is able to I was able to take the college classes and get double the credits of my high school classes and grad. I ended up graduating a year about a year early, and um, that was really enjoyable to me because I just hated high school the most like i hated like the people around my age and i really hated I, to this day i don't like like mob mentality and click behavior i don't like that at all i don't like when people when one person says something and then someone else goes yeah and then and then a bunch of people start saying it because the other person said it i hate that i hate that so much it really frustrates me and i hated that about school um so i had a, i just struggled with it. it was something i couldn't move past and it was uh not handled well by me so I um when I got into college classes in high school, that's when I started to actually really enjoy school. And some of my my classes that I enjoyed the most were actually music classes. When I was I, I played guitar since I was like five years old, um, but I really enjoyed um the music classes I took from at the college, and uh, those were kind of the best ones. I didn't really have we didn't have a um like a wood shop at my school, so I didn't get to enjoy any of that. I wish I did because I, I, you know, it would have been cool to find woodworking in my life a lot sooner than, you know, 34 or whenever I found it. So what about you, Dan? I don't have a lot of fond memories of school either. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it, it's not a subject I like to talk about, but what the heck I'll, I'll, I'll tell y'all. Damn, Josh really hit some, like he really did. Like, uh, yeah, man, this is deep. It's like, let's talk about your relationship with your mother. <laughs> so uh <coughs> this is something i don't i don't put out on the internet but like i'm a high school dropout i'm not super proud of it i'm not proud of it at all but i, oh. I struggled a lot and are i not are you ashamed of it though like no because i've i've no. i've made some really great decisions in my life that have brought me to where i'm at where i'm at now and i don't think i would change a thing but i i don't like to talk about it openly but here we are. Um, I I got kicked out of high school with 10 weeks left in my senior year because, ironically enough, I got in a fight in woodshop class and I knocked some kid's teeth out. Cause he About was making- domino joiners? <laughs> they, those weren't invented yet. This is oh, okay. the, the mid-90s. Um, that doesn't provide structural integrity! <laughs> no, my, my, uh, my younger brother, who's a moose now, he, like he towers over me, but he never used to. Um, he has a hearing disability, and there was a kid that was making fun of him all the time that lived behind us, and he wouldn't ever come out and confront me or or talk to me. But he ended up being in my woodshop class, so I confronted him there and took care of business and got kicked out of school. Mm. So I ended up dropping out, and I had to go back and get my GED, and I went back, and I took some college courses, and 
yada yada, and my life turned out fine. I don't like school. Nothing wrong with that. I don't like school. <laughs> yeah. Me either. Never I really school. enjoyed school a lot either, but yeah. Josh, you really hit up on some yeah, points thanks, here. Well, Josh. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Yeah, thanks, dude. We didn't need uh, this. Done. We're not going to do really an out- outro this time. We're just going to hard cut. Oh, so. geez. <laughs> Are we going to end it there? <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, Dan's a dropout. See ya. <laughs> yeah. This next question. Put a warning in, uh, in the show is, notes. Is from Mark. We don't have much more information than that. I'm not really sure why, what happened, but Mark, <laughs> thank you for calling in. Hey, guys. This is uh, Mark. Um, just a beginner woodworker, don't have a company or anything, but, um, just wondering what would you guys do? Um, I was looking into getting a miter saw, but also looking into get a track saw and just wondering which one would you guys go with? Thank you for all your input and keep up the good work guys. Bye. I'll take this one. Uh, honestly, I would say go with a track saw. Um, I know Dan's going to argue with me. Well, I'm not going to argue with me. Dan's going to give a different opinion. I say go with the track saw because I can almost, I can do everything that I can think of with a track saw that I need to do with a miter saw. That's kind of my answer. <laughs> but the the track saw you can do, I think you can rip stuff, which you cannot rip mm-hmm. anything with a miter saw. Um, you can cut the miters with a track saw. And they're really nice. They're like, they're really nice miters. The the angles are tight and everything is good. So for me, to me, I feel like the answer is track saw. But I want to hear Dan's opinion because he is mad. He's fuming mad right now. Grr. I quit. <laughs> what? I quit. You quit? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've just established I'm a quitter, so might as well. Just... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still thinking about that last question. Um <laughs> No, I actually was going to say uh, a miter saw, but the more I thought about it, the more I agree with Mike. I think a track saw would be a better bet, although you could get a miter saw for cheaper than a track saw generally, yes. unless Almost you always. get that win track saw. Yeah. That can be that's, about the that's same. It's still a little pricey. It's 200 about bucks. 200 bucks, and my first yeah. miter saw was about $200. It was the DeWalt 10-inch non-slider, non anything it was just yeah i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with track saw i think i think mike hit the nail on the head i think the ripping is what really really is what kind of is is the game changer with assuming he doesn't have a a table saw right yeah yeah oh especially which you should have a table saw before a lot of tools i think we've discussed that well anyway let's not get off track go ahead pete sorry i'm same i did what was funny is in a pre-show we we said uh, we, I think a lot of us said miter saw, but I'm pretty sure if I you're going to, if this is a buy once cry one situation, if you're thinking high end or like a mid range miter saw or a track saw, go track saw. You can get a, you can get a miter saw for a hundred bucks on Facebook marketplace. Yeah. Those, those things yeah. are all over the Facebook marketplace. Yep. They yeah. are. That's a very good point too. And a track saw is a precision tool. So it's worth it. Just get more tracks with it. That's it. Yeah. 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 You and get, get more saw. tracks. It's awesome. Yeah, more saw, get more track, more saw, and you're set. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, this, this next question is from PJ Galati. Oh, my God. Pete, you want to field this one, bud? Yeah, PJ, we talked about this. You can't talk the way you speak in your voicemail, okay? This is a, this is a family show. The pre-show's dirty. 
Uh, for those of you listening in a pre-show, uh, or those of you that are patrons and a high enough tier to get the pre-show, you will hear his voicemail. And um, those of it you is that pretty are not, funny. It's, it's funny. It's not appropriate for the show. <laughs> but it's a little inappropriate. <laughs> Buddy, my friend. Uh, we're not going to play. Him and Memphis got into it again. Let's put it that way. PJ's question is, do you have an emotional attachment to any yes. of your tools? Awesome. Do you have trouble selling? Like, have you sold a tool and you really felt it? And I'm just going to feel this to Mike. Mike, you can feel free to turn off your camera because I know it's going to be tough. Please talk <laughs> about your joiner. Uh, I'm actually selling some tools. I just sold I sold my table saw and that was – it was actually pretty tough because um, before my table saw that I, I just sold, um, I had a really piece of garbage used saw and – I did learn a lot on that thing, but I learned a ton on the table saw I just sold. I really learned a lot about what I am on this table uh, saw. Dude, what? I thought you were talking about the Laguna for a second. Like, it's a piece of trash table no, saw. No, 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 no. The Laguna <laughs> was, so was great. Confused. No, the one I had before was like a, I got it for like 75 bucks. <laughs> Some dude was getting divorced. No, the Laguna was fantastic. Oh. <laughs> um, that's, that's the one where I really learned a lot of stuff on. And I did have a lot of memories with that. And, you know, Thelma Kennedy bought it. And that was that made that softened the blow a bit because I know her and she's really cool. So. Thelma's a patron. Then, Thank you, Thelma. Yeah, Thelma's a patron. Yeah. You're the best, Thelma. Um, and then I just sold my joiner, and there's um, there's some emotional. There's some reasons why I that is important to me, but I'm not going to go into that. Um, there's some reasons I'm not going to go into on the show why that tool. Mike means. lost his virginity on that side. <laughs> I mean, oh, Pete, you just came right out and said it, didn't you? I mean, yeah, Mike I was well, trying to allude to sacred, it. Huh? <laughs> I was trying Man. to keep it classy. No, I, but um, anyway, that machine meant, meant a lot to me um, as well. And it was kind of – it was hard to see that one go. So, um, But the other side of the same coin is um, they are just tools. So I am able to like look at it and be like, yeah, it's just a tool. Like it just is – it's a way for me to do woodworking – for me, the woodworking is more important than the actual tool, and I do say this saying a lot: if the if the if the tool gets the job done, it's the right tool, um, and I do believe that. Like just having a nice tool, the more expensive tools usually just add a level of convenience, and uh, really the the tools don't. For me, it's the memories that are tied to the tool, not the actual tool's value itself is what actually means a lot to me. It's that I learned a lot on my last table saw. And uh, it was a big part of my woodworking. <laughs> I hate my woodworking journey. <laughs> I say like every episode, <laughs> and I hate this phrase, but journey. it's a big part of it for me. So, uh, Dan, you? I have zero emotional attachment to any tool except yeah. for my Merca sander from Macbeth. Love it. <laughs> nice. I've, I've nice. slept and I may have made love to that tool. But other than that, I have no emotional attachment to any tool whatsoever. <laughs> You know your wife listens to this show, right? Oh, but not man. closely, and she never makes Fair. it past fifteen minutes. <clears throat> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Pete, what about you? <laughs> um, I only have an emotional attachment to two tools, and that's Dan Dunlap and Mike Coffee. Hey, <laughs> zinger! So, <dumb. laughs> so early on, when I was getting started, and I was slowly upgrading my tools back in Poland, there back in Mother Clifton, <laughs> New Jersey. Uh, I no, it was my dewalt contractor saw and i had that stupid thing for almost 11 years good lord and i've done every 11? job on yeah i got it in like 2007 
or something. Wow. I got it like right out of high school. And I had that thing for 10 years until I moved into this place. I had it for about two and a half. And then I got the rigid. And when I sold it, I unfortunately sold it to just some rando off of Facebook Marketplace. But the guy showed up and it was actually like, he seemed cool, really cool. You know, so like it made me feel better. It was like, it felt like it was going to a better home. It was a new woodworker. He does contract con- uh, contracting for his day job, but ended up actually being like a woodworker as well. It wasn't someone that was just going to throw it in the back of a truck. We so know him as Brad nice. Rodriguez. I'll <laughs> 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 be rad. <laughs> but aside from that, I haven't really been that attached to a lot of my tools. Most of them kind of went through the shop really quickly. And the ones that I really made a connection with are still in the shop. I haven't gotten rid of them. Uh, yeah. But that's, you know, that's. This coming from the guy who has like jars of bolts and screws that he can't get rid of that were in the house. <laughs> I'm throwing those out slowly. Okay, you just have to say buy in the proper way, okay? I got this GIF jar in 1974, <laughs> and I filled it No joke. Okay, re- really weird tangent. But I have I a it. screw organizer that is just just yellow from like, you know what, like something, just plastic goes old and it turns yeah, yellow. From UV rays. It's, it's an IBM branded tool organizer, which means this came with like a server board. Probably in the 90s. <laughs> this thing crazy. is ancient, and it came with this house. <laughs> I found oh. it in the house in one of the companies. And Pete still has it. Yeah, Pete still has it. It's, it's empty now. I when put I it in Harbor Freight. Like that, I, I, go, up- oh, I upgraded to the Harbor Freight organizers. Full- <laughs> 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 um, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, really, the tool itself, I don't know if I have – I mean, it's a symbol, really. I mean, the tool is like a mem- – it's a symbol of a memory, but I still have the memory, so it's whatever. Whoa, hey. Wrong button hey. there. Um, <laughs> this next question is from uh, from Sam Ross. Uh, Sam, thank you for calling in. And this is our last voicemail. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. Um, definitely fills the void when I'm washing dishes. Gives me something good to listen to. Um, so I'm a new woodworker, and I've started taking it up recently. And I'm just wondering the best way to figure out how to make something strong and sturdy and stable when it comes to furniture. Uh, I just see a lot of stuff out there that I think looks really, really thin. And I'm wondering, Hey, how is that, you know, stable? Hey, how does that, you know, support all that weight? And then I'll see something that's really heavy and I'll be like, okay, that looks a little too, you know, too much wood. That's all. Anyways. Thank you. Bye. Um, Pete. So, uh, fun fact, uh, Sam was a student of mine at the DIY joint. Turn eventually a guy taking a bunch of privates and classes at the school. Turn a couple months later into another teacher at the school. So he went within a year from really not being a woodworker. Yeah, Sam. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, uh, you know, not being a woodworker, I'm pretty sure it's the same Sam, yeah, because uh, he was messaging me, I hope it's the same Sam. It, but he went from, you know, starting out in woodworking to teaching at a woodworking school uh, within about a year, which is really freaking cool. That's awesome. Uh, the other thing, the other part of it is he was he's actually working on a dining room table, because, again, we were talking about this, and he, you know, he wanted the modern look, the really sleek legs going right into the... Uh, the tabletop. So we discussed like aprons, you know, it basically you have to think of the structure and how it's going to move. Cause if, a, if one of your pieces of furniture just stands there, you can go just glue 
or brad nails or whatever and it'll be fine but if you're gonna apply any weight on it that's when it starts getting funky so just think of how it can get moved uh if it's a table try to wiggle it back and forth in which way can this move and try to stabilize that in any way you can with some nice you know hand cut joinery you can do that if you have a nice fat mortise or mortise and tendon joint it'll be fine for a table it's a um uh what is it a skirt for the table uh but just think in advance of what that thing is designed to do if it's just a table it's just going to sit there you're going to put hairpin legs into it cool that's fine you're putting hairpin legs into hardwood but if you you know there's a lot of people doing like ikea hacking with like those faux wooden tops that are really just filled with cardboard you can do that too and just customize the base you know but technically that thing is not really structurally sounds it just or sound it just looks strong so think of basically anytime you look at a project think of how it's going to be used and apply pressure in every direction that you think it can go to make sure that it is stable before it goes out the door to a client or into your house uh damn what about you i think it i think it also has to do with a lot of trial and error um you know, the more you build, the more you're, you're going to realize how things uh, react to pressure and movement and stuff. And, and uh, you know, it, you get better at design and you get better at uh, the materials used. That's going to affect it as well. Uh, take, for instance, the, the desk I just finished, the big 90-inch uh, by 38-inch desk. I was going to make cantilevered legs entirely. But when I got done with the legs themselves and I pushed down on them just to see how much weight they would they would hold, I, I they just had too much flex for me. So I added some decorative like uh strengthening pieces on the on the on the legs themselves. I don't know what to call them. I don't like know. Like a stringer, I get no a string um not a, a vertical member. It's like a vertical it's member. It's like I a guess. vertical like yep. structural support. Yeah. And I just made them a post. It's yeah. post. Yeah. Post. Yeah, that's a good yeah. word, Mike. Post. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so so I just added an extra post. You know, I made them decorative and, and they, yeah. they look good. Yep. But I think it comes down to, you know, a lot of trial and error and and, and working on the fly and, and seeing what works and testing and testing and Yeah. It comes yeah. it comes with practice. Yep. And there's also Sorry, Dan. Dan, I yeah, no, I'm not jumping. Go, yeah. go, go. Um, there's also things that exist uh, that are pre-calculated span charts, and those exist, and you can find them on the internet. I've actually referred to them in my day job in construction. We refer to span charts a lot. Mostly, it's all steel, but they actually have wood uh, pre-calculated and engineered span charts for spans. So if you've got like a two by four which, you know, is uh, one and a half by three and a half. Uh, it'll tell you how far that piece of wood can span before you're going to start seeing sagging. Those things exist. Well, you know, they're based on dug fur and pine and stuff. So you figure something that you're making out of furniture is probably going to be made out of a hardwood realistically. So you're going to be uh, – what's up, Ben? But if those exist, I would I would argue that somebody out there somewhere has made span oh. charts for – you know, I was going to say that next. The, yeah, you can definitely find – you can actually find span charts for specific species. You just Google walnut span chart and it will bring up the span charts for that wood. Boom. I learned um, something but today. If you, 
if you look up wood span charts, it'll bring up um, uh, construction uh, lumber. But if you look up specific species and their span charts, they have all the PSI figured out and everything for the span. And it'll tell you like minimums for that size. Um, and then there's like a – you can find them in like three-quarter, four-quarter, stuff like that. You can find these span charts. They exist. That's good. Um, yeah. I just, that, I just binged it and it did come up. You yeah. binged yeah, it? it? Up, up, yeah. Binged it? <laughs> yeah, well, I so just – did Which you ask everyone Jeeves? looking for a new By third? Uh, <laughs> ask Jeeves is not as accurate anymore. I used to what use was it. the he just Alta Vista he was, was great, but they stopped it. So he was just listening to Ace of Base on his Zune and uh, binging. <laughs> uh, Zune has a superior audio quality. <laughs> okay, Dwight. Not. <laughs> oh yeah, Dwight. <laughs> anyway, there's ways to find these things, but uh. ultimately. These span charts cover like really large spans and they don't really go down to small like apron sizes and they don't – they don't also don't factor in that you have like – so you've got like a tabletop. You've got an apron, right? And that can go pretty small because you have a tabletop which actually is carrying a lot of that weight. Right. The tabletop carries a lot of weight. It's when you laminate them together that makes it so strong. Right. It's that joint together that is actually going to make – them have a lot of strength. So if you have like a piece of plywood and you have uh, uh, some two by fours on the end of that eight foot span, it's going to sag a lot in the middle. But if you glue another piece of plywood to that, that sag is almost going to be gone entirely because you have glue. It's actually stopping the side to side shear movement because mm-hmm. the glue yep. is on there. So um, shear forces, <clears throat> it adds a lot of strength to things. It doesn't allow things to slide. So um, I don't know if that makes sense, but that, that adds a lot of strength to, uh, to, uh, any body, any structure, any frame. So, um, but yeah, what Dan said is right. What Pete said is right. There's a lot of information. You figure it out pretty quick. You can start eyeballing things and go, Ooh, that's a really tiny tapered leg. That's going to yeah. explode. That's when, <laughs> so, that's why when I finished that, that walnut desk, I, I took a picture of me sitting on top of it, smiling real yep. big because I had a lot of people yep. saying, Ooh, isn't that going to sag? <laughs> no, it's not. I've done this. Who's I've done this now? a few times. <laughs> right. So uh, that is the podcast question segment. Um, we're at the 120 gonna... mark oh, or one hour 20 stars. mark. This is going to be a big one. Oh, yeah. Oh, Pete, I'm going to throw it over to you to do the outro. Oh, I did not practice this. Okay. Do That's it. That's a joke. Witam wszystkich do naszego podcast. Yeah, there we go. That's my Polish section. Dan. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, we encourage you all to check us out on uh, on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok for Dan and Mike because they are 15 and they enjoy that kind of thing. Uh, if you are so kind, leave us a voicemail. Send us a message. Ideally, we want you to record it in your voice memo app and send it over to another woodshop podcast at gmail.com. If you don't feel confident doing that, you can just call us in, uh, call in at uh, 754-CALL-AWP or 754-2255-297 and leave a lovely voicemail. Make sure you don't do that in your truck or a wind tunnel. We've had those before. <laughs> We've had to abbreviate them. Try to keep them concise too. We do love hearing your voices, but not for three minutes. <laughs> uh, and if you guys want to get some of this uh, extra content that we were kind of nodding to today, make sure to check us out on Patreon. Uh, we don't have any individual Patreons, so this is pretty much the one. If you want to support us individually, this is the way to do it right now. And, you know, like, subscribe, follow, comment, share, all that. Make sure to hit the share. bell in the corner. Oh, that's, share, that's right. Share, this is share, share. But share it with... 
uh, share it with everyone. Share it with uh, your grandma. If you guys could share it in your stories, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. We've actually had a really nice week of uh, pretty large accounts hitting us up and reaching out and following the podcast. And we're getting very solid feedback from both you guys and the larger accounts in the community. And we cannot say how much we appreciate it. It is, It has been amazing. And I want to say it doesn't matter the size of the account that listens. It really doesn't. But if you do happen to have – I mean, whatever your account is, just we're, – we're, the, the podcast is on a solid upward trajectory right now. And, man, we are just so excited about it. And I, I – we were – me and Pete were very excited. We were excited to do the show that, without Dan because of the <laughs> sound bites. But we were excited when Dan messaged us and said, hey, I'm going to be on for the show. We're excited because we love doing the show. Like, we legitimately – we the three of us, we talk like – 50, 60 times a day. It's really terrible. I don't enjoy it, but we One day of my vacation, I woke up to 56 text messages, and they were all from Mike and Pete. <laughs> not a lie. Asleep early. It's not our fault. It's really important to us that we get this right. Yes. Uh, it's really I, important I actually to us. run on Mike's time. I run on California time, yeah, just so we can talk more. Right. I go to sleep at 3 a.m. Some of you know that's actually true. That I go to sleep at 3 a.m. just so I can talk to, to Mike. Yeah. But anyway, but, the, the point is, yeah. is it really is important to us that we get this right. And, uh, you know, feedback's important to us, um, but only positive feedback. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> feedback is really important to us. And we really, you know, we really want to hear everyone's thoughts on things. But we, uh, if you could just share it, we just really appreciate yeah. it. Sharing the sharing the show is the biggest thing and getting the word out there. Um, I was talking to someone this morning and he's like, man, I didn't even know you had a podcast. I only mention it in my stories. There's only so much promoting we can do individually. I mean, we could pay for advertising, um, but we're not in that position. Well, we don't do that. Yeah, yeah. we're not. I mean, no, this we're is like community driven. And yeah, yeah. It's a that's the whole thing. When we started the show, we don't spend the whole show talking about our ourselves and our week and stuff. I mean, we're answering questions, but we want the show to be about community questions. We want to answer your questions. That's what we want this to be about. So it's it's a community show, and we literally. Literally, not facetiously, we literally couldn't do this show without you. So, thank you so much for everything you guys do. It's really greatly appreciated. And I didn't mean to grab your outro there, Pete, but uh, no, that's perfect. I mean, it's thanks to them that we're able to do video podcasts. We're able to do intro or the uh, the pre show. We're able to do uh, Dan stickers (laughs) 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 and t shirts. Thank you. Other content. It, we're able to offer all this you know we would do this f- for free but the fact that you guys are able to support us on patreon uh it gives us that much more incentive to give you better and more content so thank you all you're, you're amazing we love you all yep. and five star yep. reviews only five stars yep. five star reviews five star reviews is that it i think that's it Wanna should wipe, we wrap it up rapidly yep yep yeah we'll wrap it up yeah. uh, so I've, I've had too much bourbon yeah Words hard. Much mike's having a hard time keeping his eyes open Oh, I'm I'm wide awake. I want to do a live after this. We'll talk about that. Anyway, Ooh, it's twelve like twenty. I'll do it. Not I'll you, Pete. I know Dan will. I'm in. Pete, okay. Hey, I it, love you long time. I'm committed. Love you long time. Let's do the love you long time. No, love God, you long time. please, no, no. Love you, VIP time. Love you long time. No. no.